Sorry for talking so low, but I'm really sick right now, so do you want to learn what brain farts is? Or how to engineer properly? Well, I got the answer to that, because Hillary will hear something she was exactly that. And I want you to listen to exactly to what she said, because she's an awesome engineer and innovator. And I'll see you after an amazing episode, so stay tuned to new projects and new exciting episodes of Exciting Games. See you soon, my network. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, so Hillary, I want to say one big welcome to the show and thanks for being contribution to our amazing podcast. Thanks for being contribution to our journey as well. But anyways, let's get right on to the point. Firstly, please say one big hello to the audience because they are excited to meet you. And second, tell us the most interesting thing about yourself. Actually, tell us more about yourself at all. Oh, thank you, Nikolai. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Hip Hillary of Brain Fart Productions, and um, a little bit about me is um, I'm an in- innovator, which means when you don't have something that works the way you want it to work, you create it. You come up with a design and um, you prototype it, which means you grab similar objects and you customize them to be what you want them to do, what the what the purpose of it is. So, in my um, business, I've innovated several products, but most of them are in prototype stage yet, except for Holy Locks. Holy Locks was a smaller one, and I was able to afford it. So I have my hair holding device, which does a lot more, but it's primarily for hair, and I 3D printed um, several prototypes, tested them out on different styles of hair, and had an injection mold made, and now I got 5,000, and I'm going to be going to a trade show. It was a long process. You get the patents, you get the trademarks, you, you go through a lot of stuff, but the end result's what I'm really um, passionate about because, you know, yeah, you can love the process. To me, the process was a challenge. I mean, it was kind of irritating. I know it's a growth um, process for me because I, I'm, I'm more or less, I just want to get it done. <laughs> I'm a get a done person. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got to learn to love the challenges because there's a lot of them. It, you know, IT is, you know, always changing. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, which yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can continue. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, like I say, it's, uh, it, it was, um, you know, there was a lot of mistakes I made along the way, but um, you learn from them, and you just kind of realize that business is, um, is, it's tough for a reason. You, you, you need to have a lot of insight and a lot of um, uh advisors it's good to have as many advisors and network as much as possible well i want to actually ask about the challenges you faced by launching your first product like which were the biggest challenges you faced and how did you exactly overcame them who helped you to do so well yeah um well you know it, it starts when you don't know anything about business so um you know, I, I was trying to develop a store of my own. I figured, you know, it isn't really that hard to make my products. They're not complicated. They're just, you know, product that you would buy at any 
door, you know, um, you know, any kind of hardware object. It doesn't have electronics included in it. So um, I thought it would be pretty simple, but you are dealing with people that want to take advantage of you, you know, all the time. So you have to be very, very cautious when you go into a contract with people because um, I ended up with this one that dragged my process out for over a year and wouldn't even make my product, not even attempt it. He was just promising me he was going to do it, and that's his business. He was supposed to be one of those promoters that gets your product made so you can put it on HSN. And um, he was a scam artist, so I lost money on that. Um, then I figured, well, I'm just going to go straight to the manufacturer. I just wanted to market and manufacturers because it's very hard to do both. I uh, thought, you know, I don't trust any invention company, tell you the truth. So now I just go to straight manufacturer, but manufacturers kind of give you a lot of stuff. They tell you they kind of do this, this, and this, and then next thing you know, you pay the price, and then they don't do that, that, and that. <laughs> And, you know, you're like holding the bag for all the stuff they didn't do. And, you know, so there's a lot of, um, uh, they put this um, process out, which is called bait switch. They tell you they're going to do this, but then they take your money and then they say, well, only do this. You're going to be left doing all the rest. So... It's tough out there in the business world. You got to be very cautious when you're presenting your um, contract to somebody. I'm learning that because you know what they say on email, what they say to you, and you know on the phone and everything is two different things than what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean that's true. But you know, like I said before we do the before we did the like start the call. No, that's the whole magic of the business, actually. No, the the whole competitiveness of it, you know, the you know the the innovation you gotta come up with every day because you don't know what's going to change. But let's talk more about the products at all. So for the first product, did you actually came up with the patterns, or it was more like a teamwork? Oh, I did it all myself. Um, I just, you know, had dealt with long hair, you know, that wasn't quite as long as it is now because it'll always break and it was always, you know, kind of thin and, you know, I'd tear up because of a lot of products. I work in a machine shop, I'm a machinist, so I have to put my hair up and I struggled with that so much that I was just desperate for something that would work. Nothing on the market would work for my hair. It fell out, tugged, did all kinds of stuff to my hair and damaged it. So I, I just wanted something that shape that would kind of roll up and I could like fold over and clasp it, you know, externally without having a clip on it. And it worked. I was like, oh my goodness, this thing works. And, it, and I was like, oh my goodness, it's not tugging. It's not falling out. You know, it was perfect for me. I wear it all day. I, I wear it a lot because, you know, I just do a lot of work. So... Um, it's kind of nice because when I pulled it out, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't even have to do up my hair. It's all curly. <laughs> you know, it looks <laughs> nice. So it solved two problems at the same time. Is usually I'd come home and um, pull my hair out, comb it for hours, and then I'd have to curl it or something afterwards. And now I just wear my hair up. It takes 10, 15 seconds to put up, and then I go to work, and I pull it out. It's all set. 
I was like, this is just amazing for me. I mean, I was like for years trying to look for something just to hold the hair up. Not only that, it curls it so you don't have to, you know, do your hair up when you're done working. I was just totally amazed. So I, I said, I have to make this product. It's so good. And I'm getting a lot of good feedback from it. A lot of people that tested it like my product. So I figured it's a go, and then um, I did a lot of networking. I ran into some um, pretty interesting people, celebrities I've talked to, and um, I'm gonna go from there. There's an uh, influence marketer that's pretty fam famous on Instagram. She said she would um, try my product out, so I'm gonna give up, you know, give it to her, see how she likes it, which is great. Um, uh, Dr. Leticia Wright likes all my products. She's on Dish Network Channel 64. She loves my products, so she's willing to help me um, as a consultant to get a crowdfunding going. If um, you know, if everything goes well, I get enough customers, a lot more um, of a following. I can get my other products out that people love too. It's been on my uh, YouTube channel and. Uh, Instagram, I got the wrapped around a lace station. Um, they're just very handy products. I got people dying for the wrapped around. They just keep counting. When are you going to make this? I'm like, well, when I get enough money, it takes a lot of money to go to a factory and tell them, hey, make this, 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 and this. You know, <laughs> they they don't do it free, and you know, you got to get it all the same. You don't want you know one person to have one that's you know seven and a half inches wide when the other one gets a seven and a quarter inches wide. You know, you, you want to make them consistent. So you do injection mold. You do some kind of um, production process that um, makes sure your products are uniform. You know, so that everybody gets the same thing, and it's not 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 going to vary. You know, you want quality. So I'm thinking of going the injection mold route for most of my products. I mean, there's a few things that, you know, it's not going to be feasible. There's a few pieces on, you know, my other products that will have to be an assembly kit. But it has to be coordinated. You have to be able to get your factories and your fulfillment kitting and assemblies all, you know, on the same page so that it all works. It's a lot of work. So it takes a, a ton of effort and ton of funding to follow up with all those sales and everything. Even my Holdilocks is a lot of effort. I mean, you know, you get the boxes, you get the, you know, the products, put it all together. And, you know, it, it takes time and, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's, um, it, you know, you don't want to charge much for it because you want it to be competitive. So you got to um, really think it out, make sure you got everything all organized and uh, a way of doing it. So, yeah, it, um, setting up a business is really tough. You have to have good credentials. You know, you want to make sure that you're living a, um, a very disciplined lifestyle where you're um, credible, you know, you, you pay your creditors, you, you keep on a good rapport with your customers and your um, business associates. So, you, you know, you just want to, you know, watch your P's and Q's and, and stay focused. That's true. But how long did it took you to actually get the first product right? Like the first um, 
when we actually test the prototype, did it like any upgrades before we actually launch it? Oh yeah, um, when I first started, believe it or not, what gave me the um, um, idea was the handle to a lemon juice bottle. I pulled it off and it was like figure eight shaped like I wanted. I mean, it was too big and bulky, but I just um, decided, well, you know, I, I started seeing the 3D printing process and I said, you know, maybe I can do that because I can do CAD. So I ordered a CAD program and I designed the shape with, you know, geometries and I made a STL file and I placed it into the 3D printer. And, you know, I tried different sizes because, you know, I wanted to make sure that when it wrapped, it didn't show, you know, the, the ends wouldn't show. So I, you know, made them just so big and just whatever, just so it was um, easy to use. And I probably tried about five different sizes, if I remember correctly. And I was very happy with the two sizes that I selected to put into the packages. I figure if you got less hair and you don't want to roll it all the way up, I got a little smaller one and I got the larger one for a full-size bun and it can cover very many, or quite a wide range of hair lengths and thicknesses. So, you know, between the two units, it covers a large, um, range of hair lengths and, and thicknesses and, and styles you want to do. And you can always add, some people might want to do their whole hair up with small ones, like, you know, pin curls or something, you know, all their hair. It, it just depends on what the customer wants. Um, and it the larger one's great for holding a towel around your waist, which I found was just super good because if you go to the beach, you hair up, you can take your hair down and wrap your towel around your waist and you don't have to tuck it in all the time, you know, sit down, stand up, walk around. It, it just serves as a great tool, not just for hair, but you want to bind and, um, you know, um, keep secure. It binds straps, buckles, does all kinds of stuff with the shape I, I created. So I want to actually get back to, uh, so when you actually got the, uh, you know, idea of what the, pro the product is going to look like, what was the criteria that you, that you used to actually pick the right, um, you know, things to actually make the product, you know, the right, the right tools to make the product? Oh, yeah, that's, um, you know, you just um, figure what kind of um, uh, types of... Um, functions it'll do. If it has to bend and fold, you got to make sure it's flexible. So I chose something that was flexible and stiff. Unfortunately for me, even though I found out when I bought my 3D printer, um, it did say that it can do TPU 90 like I picked, but the problem with the 3D printer, it didn't have settings for TPU 90. But it worked. <laughs> I just made it. I had to play with it for a long time to get the settings right to where it would work um, because it didn't have a setting for it. And I had no idea how hot to make it, how much wind speed. There's all kinds of settings on a 3D printer that you, you select to get your 
um, filament to melt and secure to the product well. So it, it was really it was really tough. Um, the selection was just you know from reading about plastics and rubbers and such like that. I went through them and and tried to find the proper um, characteristics of the pro um, the material I wanted for my product. So you know it. it it's um it was like a guess because you you know what they tell you what you get sometimes doesn't always jive but what they did tell me about the material did jive i was very happy about that because when i got the material I loved it i thought oh wow this stuff is just what i wanted you know i, I um that was you know just reading um you know googling what you would want out of a plastic um, material and you just you'll find um, engineering sites which would give you the characteristics that you're looking for so and then um, choosing the color I chose a color that was very neutral I figure silver would you know not look bad in anyone's hair if you ever seen it I mean sometimes you don't even see it because your hair covers it up so it's pretty discreet but just in case if a little bit of it showed, I figure silver would match most hair colors, you know, or, or blend in nicely. And so that was one selection. And, um, and the shape selection, you know, just trial and error. I mean, uh, you know, when I saw that one bottle handle, I chose different bottle handles. You know, I noticed in the store that a lot of bottles, you know, have different kinds of handles, you know, the secure two bottles together so I, I chose smaller ones and larger ones and I, I just made measurements of my calipers just um, factoring what I wanted to do and ran it on my 3d printer and tried it out on my hair in different ways you know like a small section of my hair a larger section and I added gauze for thicker hair and that's why I got the idea you can hide your key in your um, hair. I figure, wow, I'm putting gauze in there. Why don't I just throw a key in there? Oh, it worked, you know? <laughs> and so I figure if somebody had really super thick hair, it'd be like having that gauze and the key in there. So um, then I was very um, convinced it could work for several hair thicknesses and I also had this lady she has very layered hair and it's uh, much thicker uh, she tried it and it worked for her so I figured well you know there's another piece of evidence I've sent out samples through the mail most people would say they liked it um, I've had a lot of compliments when people see my hair like that when I um, wore it and took it out so there was a lot of confirmation about that and um, yeah so far you know and then there's always those people you send them a sample and they never give you any feedback but they say yeah I'd like that you know and you know or nothing you know sometimes you get that too so it's like you know they don't tell you anything about it they just say yeah i liked it <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know they don't have the time to tell you what did it do for them did it work the way they expected or what you know what did they use it on you know because you can strap other things i mean you, you know even if you don't use it for your hair you can use it for 
you know, strapping tree branches or vines from your vine and, and it will hold it a lot better without cutting the vine. And, and you know, I, I found so many applications where it's unbelievable. So uh, let's get back on the, me- on the mechanical engineering side. So do you have like any background in engineering? Um, background change in what? Uh, do you have like any background in engineering? Oh yeah, I've been a machinist for um, about 25 years. I've been manufacturing for 30, you know, with, um, you know, entry level machining and stuff like that. So uh, I've had to program a lot, especially in the aerospace industry. I've um, set up machines for aerospace companies and um, you know, with it, you you have to be able to change speeds and feeds, and sometimes I'd have to go to the engineer and say, look, you know, if you want this feature, it's going to have to do this because your programmer didn't do it right. And so I've had to do a lot of program editing, and, um, you know, it's uh, when it got to that point, I, I just got good at programming, so I just, you know, program, like, where I'm working right now, I program my machines. And, you know, it's um, it's handy to have the, I think the machining industry, it should be a prelude to engineering, in my opinion, because a lot of times, um, I think it gives the engineers more of an understanding of um, how fixtures, how tooling works, how, uh, tooling cuts and you know stuff like that to know the uh, material aspects if you will you know how hard and durable some things are why does uh, fits have to be so tight how come they need to be a little more open if if there's um, uh, a fit problem you know there's there's a lot of little things that i think an engineer could understand more if they're manufacturing um you know if they're in a manufacturing environment like a machinist uh, i have to design fixtures you know sometimes when parts just don't work on a vice without a little extra holding ability you uh you design certain um, work holding for them and um so I figured, well, you know, you just make it, design it, you know, and that's why I'm making my own products. I figure, well, you know, I just have that um, ability now because I know how things work, how to make them. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to uh, say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm saying that when you actually want to innovate, uh, if you want to make your own product or something innovative, do you think you always need a mechanical or engineering background to actually invent something? Uh, it depends on how complex it is. Um, it helps a lot. Um, if you don't have the background, I think what you could do is um, sketch it to the best of your ability while you're describing it, and then maybe take it to... Um, a 3D printing place, or maybe take it to a fabrication shop where they do sheet metal or something like that. Uh, and you can talk to, um, you know, it costs a lot, I think, if you're going to take it to a, a 
manufacturer and discuss things that you don't have a, a concept of how to uh, put together. It costs a lot more. So I think it really helps if you do have some sort of shop behind your um, background to help you like draw a blueprint or something of that nature. And you know, not all manuf not all innovation is a, a you know blueprint type of product. Maybe it's a, a bag or something. You know, it, it might be something different. You know, and so, but knowing your geometry, knowing how to um, describe it well, if it's a product, it helps a lot. I think it's a good idea if that's a passion for somebody that they should take up a blueprint um, class in school, you know, blueprint reading. Um, I think that would help out a lot because that's how you convey your information in a, in a seamless way to a, a manufacturer if you can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I believe that uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison, one of the greatest inventors in the, in the history of our world, you know, he was thought to be a retarded child, you know, and all of that. Well, I believe that, you know, like I said, engineering background is not necessary, but it does help. It's kind of these things where you don't need them, but they do add a bonus when you actually have them. Uh, and again, you know, that shouldn't be discouraging to anyone who wants to invent something and isn't like an engineer. You can always, like, get engineers to, you know, make the product and you just catch and actually show it to them. Right. And, you know, even a carpenter could help you. I mean, a lot of times you can make your product, uh, your prototype out of, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of balsa wood or something, you know. Uh, I did that with the lay station. I used um, balsa wood and PVC, you know. You can just kind of um, cut it up to the size specifications you're estimating and um, you know, just throw it together, use uh, uh, hot melt glue if you're not very good with screws and drills and stuff like that. You really should be safe, you know, make sure you know how to operate power tools before you use them, you know, be sure you get instructions. Um, but, you know, if you safely um, take your product to a carpenter, you know, like if you don't want to operate like a little circular saw or something like that or you know and there's even routers i mean there's all kinds of tools now that seem to be coming available they've got routers that have lasers that can edge and i think they can even do some cutting uh they've got the cnc type routers where you can put like a mini little um end mill in there and it'll cut designs out of some softer smaller thicker or thinner um, materials and um i even seen this thing where you can use styrofoam and they have like a little heat blade that kind of contours your product so using those type of tools helps but when you don't have the uh, funds for a machine that does all that um it's just a little more annoying you might have to get uh exacto blades and you know little uh miter saws or something like that coping saw scroll saw something like that you know with the um, hacksaw type handle 
and you know you can cut things um notch them you know i don't know i mean it, it there's a wide variety of things you can do to help um get an idea what your prototype would do and not not every prototype is going to work the way you want to do it but at least when you start building it and getting the shapes and the forms together you can see where there's a failure you know like if you need a you know a keyway or something to drive something or whatnot you know it it gives you the idea that yeah you gotta notch it put a little something in here to grab that and do this or you know it but it sometimes what helps too is you um you might have to take other things apart that are similar um if you got something that's broke maybe take it apart and see how how it worked you know how it uh, to get an idea of what you want to build that that's a, a suggestion it might work but you know do be careful with a lot of things you know i mean there might be a capacitor and something electronic you don't want to touch you know i i don't know anything about electronics so i don't i, I don't recommend anything electronic as far as how to build those circuit boards because uh that's not my specialty but as far as mechanical things, um, you know, if you can carefully take things apart, you can see how things kind of modulate, work, you know, little levers and stuff and um, get a grasp of. And then, you know, you got to go through catalogs and try to come up with a name for what you might be looking for. And I recommend looking for something that isn't highly you know isn't very expensive because when you're making a product you got to make sure you can keep the cost low especially if you're just starting out because you know um comp competition out there is fierce so if you're into this field it's it's quite a unicorn type field you know it's very difficult to compete with everybody's patents everybody's um you know uh, alternative product and things like that there has to be a margin of um, something favorable about what you're designing compared to what's already out on the market um, when you're trying to improve somebody else's product you you know you go into another can of worms where you kind of um, you might want to talk to uh, the um, place that manufactures it and see if they already have something in place before you attempt that because it's a lot of wasted time if you're trying to design something that's already being made. Um, that's why before I get too carried away, when I before I bought the 3D printer, before I did all this stuff, what I did is I did a Google search, I did a patent search, I had a professional patent search look for stuff too. And, you know, I, I made sure there was nothing of that sort anywhere before. Yeah. yeah, do that before. And it's costly, it's extremely time consuming because you gotta use all these keywords and you're searching page after page and you're looking at it on the computer and you're like, Oh my goodness, it takes weeks sometimes, you know, you go through a million different <laughs> views to just make sure 
then eventually you start finding out that all the keywords you're starting to see um, duplicates. So you're finally finding out that you've covered all the ground. And um, when you when you find out your search is clear, you can go ahead. But it's so it's a very tedious process because you know you're going to be developing something and. Um, it's it's not easy. I can't say there was anything about it that was easy. It's just that if you really know what you did, did a result for you that you just can't um, you can't find anywhere else. Really helps, you know. When you know, list all your problems and make sure you know if you do a market search, you know, see if people have that same problem you have. You know, kind of like ask questions. Do you ever have problems with your, you know, this, this falling out, doing this? And, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, as a machinist, you know, you, you look at the way things are engineered and you're saying, oh my goodness, they put this here. They could have easily put it right there, you know, and it would have been 10 times more handy, you know. We all do that. It's, yeah, it's so just, just let me ask you, um, uh, you know, since you asked, since you said that you got to do your research, you know, you got to actually ask questions all that. Well, what if my listeners have questions to you? How can they actually contact you? Which are the best social medias, websites, or even emails for them to do so? Oh, well, anyone wants to contact me, I'm available. I check everything as much as I can. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is excellent. It's easy for me to communicate with people on LinkedIn. Um, if anyone messages me on uh, my Facebook, the original um, uh, personal page with my name, uh, Hillary O'Hare, uh, is the easiest messenger because the other messengers are quite, um, I don't know, for business on Facebook, they don't, um, your messages don't display in real time. It's really kind of irky. <laughs> and you're like, did, it, did I answer it or didn't I answer it? And you're trying to find the post, the page, and everything. Uh, they didn't sync that well for me. So I'm still struggling with my. Facebook account and um, my lady's here to help me package. <laughs> Get her over here. I'm at the conference call. Okay. And so, um, yeah, it's um, easiest to get me, contact me on my personal Facebook page and um, or my LinkedIn account is excellent because the messages are really good on both of those. And, um, uh, let's see, Instagram is okay too, uh, sometimes I can get on that and, and respond quickly, and, um, yeah, I would just, uh, you know, I, you can even try my YouTube channel, I got videos on my YouTube channel that demonstrate my product a little easier for people to see how it works um, there's a message center on my youtube channel too and when you um look my um profile up all you have to do is google brain Fart productions and a lot of the things on that first page point to me there might be a few things on there that aren't mine that aren't related to me 
But for the most part, a lot of the sections in the Brain Fart Productions takes you right to me. Great. So my last question for today, Hillary, since we actually made an amazing call about, you know, you know, innovation up. Oh, and I'm, I'm loving that. Uh, my last question, my last question for today is, what is your short wisdom or advice you want to actually share with my listeners? What do you want to say to them for the end? Oh, be very, very disciplined in your life and not work, not work, not work. Make sure you make connections and don't keep bad ones. Make sure that you ignore um, bad influences. But uh, work hard and just take very good care of your health. Great. So here we Thank you for your time today. It was really valuable for all of us. We wish you the best in the world. And me and my audience say again, goodbye with a big, big good in it. Without us, uh, forget the bye. It's just the good. So I'll see you soon and have an amazing year. Oh, thank you so much, Nikki. I really appreciate this. You all take care. Love y'all. Bye-bye.